Hey guys, it's, uh, hello to all the fellow tradesmen out there. Hopefully you guys are ha had a good start to your week. Happy Tuesday. Um, I'm David, and my co-host, Calvin here. Goody, goody. We, uh, we were just talking today, you know, out where we live, we had some pretty warm, warm weather this week, actually, oh, to start. it's been beautiful so far. Compared to the fall so far, it's been a bit chilly. Yep, nice, definitely nice weather to work outside in, mm -hmm. but... And we started talking, it's like, well, with this cooler weather coming up, uh, definitely nice to have a podcast about furnace stories. Ooh. Yep, definitely been through a couple of those in my time. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I, I haven't done a, a, a whole lot for this year, but I definitely have some stories in my mind from last year. A lot of, a few of them stand out. <laughs> uh, man, oh, where, where to start? Uh, probably my most memorable one. And oftentimes what we get right at the beginning of the season is a uh, customer calls, uh, my furnace smells hot or something's burning or something. That's what it smells like. And I remember going to the to a trailer home with uh, my journeyman and we get there and yeah, there's a few animals in the house, uh, a couple of cats here and there. And uh, we start the furnace and yeah, you, you can definitely tell, you know, something, something got hot. But typically, you know, oftentimes what happens is, you know, dust and stuff lands on your elements and that's just when you start up the furnace, it kind of burns a little bit. And uh, I'll never forget that one. Uh, we open up the door to this furnace and it has the A-coil sitting on top, completely exposed, uh, no filter in there. Ooh. Yeah, and uh, there was, I kid you not, there was a good thick layer of cat hair uh, over all over that a coil oh disgusting yeah <laughs> what we ended up doing on that one was we well obviously we cleaned up the a coil which they probably cooled probably about 10 times better after that and um right on the elements too there was like clumps of cat hair sitting all over the elements and you could see some of them were like black so some of them probably started smoking a little bit oh it's disgusting yeah that was, um, and then, well, we did a full clean and service on that furnace. <laughs> and we ran into that more than once. Those are always kind of my, like, I'm kind of one of those guys where, you know, the stuff that's really neglected and, like, really dirty, I kind of like those. Because once you're all, like, done and everything's, like, nice and clean and running mint, I like those. Those are probably one of my favorite. Yeah, you walk away from those with that satisfying feeling, like, I just did that. Yeah, and, yeah. The, and the homeowner doesn't really really notice a difference yeah he's just like oh it's heating now or oh it's cooling now so i'm happy but you walk away and it looks a million times better inside that unit and mm -hmm. and you know what you took out of there but yeah, a big problem with that is like people use those stupid furnace filters like a small animal could have run through that thing and it wouldn't catch it like, exactly <laughs> and, and what kind of was worried me was i mean i've never had this happen to me but i have i'm pretty sure this happened to to some of you guys out there where they're like, I wonder where my cat went. <laughs> right? Like, you never know, right? Yeah, exactly. I mean, we find all kinds of stuff in ducts. Like, you know, kids throw whatever stuff in, uh, from their rooms into their into yeah. their vents. You never know what, what, what's all in there. And I mean, if, you know, if some of them, they're open and whatever, and animals can, can crawl into there. Yeah, someone has a hamster or something crawls down there. What's, yeah, we have a scratching noise in our ducts. Yeah. All, <laughs> I wonder why. All of a sudden, that scratching noise might all of a sudden make some other kind of noises, I'm sure, once it gets close to the furnace. 
Um, but yeah, do you have any stories? I have a couple. Um, last year, it was last winter actually, one that really stood out to me. We had a customer come into the shop and he bought a furnace fan motor and he said it was his second one that he had done. He had put the first one in, wired it himself, and he said it just oh. went up in smoke. <laughs> and he was from about 45 minutes out of town. And so my boss asked me, hey, you want to stop in here on your way home? I was like, yeah, for sure. I can I can head there, stop in, you know, check it out. So I go, I'm on my way home, stop by the customer's place, and he goes, so I wired up the, the new motor and I started up and it just started crackling and there was smoke coming out of there and I didn't say anything but I was just like, oh man. <laughs> like if you already had bad experience the first time, why'd you try it a second time? <laughs> and so I I tried troubleshooting it and finding out what was wrong Eventually, what I ended up doing was putting his original motor in. There's nothing wrong with it. It was just running a little loud. Okay. So I just put that one back in so he had heat blowing. Mm-hmm. And then we, <laughs> the next day when I went back to the shop, I told our parts guy at the counter. And he just shook his head and he was like, I specifically told him, do not wire it yourself. Wait till one of our guys comes to hook it up. <laughs> and I talked to my, my boss, and he goes, how much you want to bet this guy won't pay for his bill? And sure enough, we never saw him. Oh, probably not, yeah. Yeah, and I just said to him, you know what, man? Just get a new furnace. That's your best bet. Mm-hmm. Like, this thing obviously has other issues. Uh-huh. I think it was an old Nortron or something like that. Okay. So... It had definitely seen better days. It was in a really hacked out basement. It was like a field stone basement that they had jacked up and hacked out. And it was just a terrible time getting down there. And like, just get a new furnace, man. Your mm-hmm. problems will just go away. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and those electric furnaces are not that expensive Yeah. to, to, to put in. I know... Uh, we deal, you know, in our area, there's lots of trailer homes and stuff, trailer parks, and oftentimes, you know, it's it's weird. We don't really hear from them in the in the springtime all that much, but once it comes to heating season, and a lot of those, like, they have those, uh, or the older ones, they have those those intertherm uh, furnaces. We, uh, I was actually just that one, just the beginning of the year, or beginning of the heating season, and I get a call from the the park manager and there, he has a, a trailer there that's that's not heating. So, okay. So, I go over there, and it's uh, it's an old intertherm. Like, uh, it, it's the ones with the brown cabinets, uh, two-piece two cabinet there. And I, I get to there, and I'm kind of... But the power was on, and I had no heat or whatever. And I check. I say, oh, not getting any power here. Like, to, to, my, to my elements, to my relays, nothing. And I guess I, I take... I guess it must have wiggled um, the disconnect on there because it it has has one of those like disconnects with the fuses on there, mm-hmm. and I kind of I must have wiggled it. All of a sudden, this thing started firing up. I was like, okay, well that's something's not quite right here, and I, I ended up taking I went to the electrical panel, shut the breaker off, I come back to the furnace, pulled the disconnect out, and there was 
one of those terminals on the inside of there was a little bit uh, broken and sparking. <laughs> and uh, on my disconnect, had had four plugs on there, and one of them was black. I was like, oh, something must have got hot back uh, in there. Mm, yep. And I'm wondering, I was like, how long had this been going on? Because they must have just recently been out of heat. And it always kind of... And I remember him telling me, asking, or the, the park manager asking me, you know, do we have parts for this? And there was nobody in our area that supplied parts for that. And I, I, I never heard back from him. So I don't know if he rigged something up himself. <laughs> um, I kind of didn't want to touch it. Yeah. It, it's kind of one of those where, you know, and I, I recommended him, you know, get an electrician here. I don't know if you ever did. <laughs> well, I sure haven't gotten a call, so <laughs> uh, I, I should I should have told you no. Cal, I think he's he's a good electrician. He might he might stop by here. Uh, yeah, but yeah, we we see all kinds, and you know, it, it never ever fails. Where beginning of the season, people call in. My furnace smells hot. Something is burning in my furnace. Yeah, and it's, it's typically electrical electric furnaces, and it's sometimes the customers they don't understand even gas furnaces too. With the, you know, dust and stuff, you know, kind of burning off rotations off the heat exchanger and they think something's terribly wrong and it never fails every heating season. Yeah. Beginning of last winter, it was the first minus 30 day we had and I got a call. This guy's been without heat since two this morning and we were like, oh boy. So I pack up my tools, head over there. And guy opens the door and I'm like, Hey, morning. How are you? He's like, Oh, really good. He's on the phone with his child there, like overseas somewhere. And it was their birthday or something. So he's mm-hmm. chattering away on the phone. I was like, okay, I'm going to go check out the furnace here. And it, it was in a crawl space. He's like, Oh, I gotta, I gotta move a bunch of stuff. He's in the middle of washing the floor and singing happy birthday. And then <laughs> he goes and moves everything off the, the trap door that goes down to the crawl space. And Oh, whatever. I jump down there and, you know, start doing the regular metering, see how much it's drawing. Mm-hmm. But of course, right away as I checked, see if the breaker's on. Well, it was off. So I turn it back on, fires up, and it was like plus 10 in this house. Like Oof. it was cold. <laughs> and I start metering, and furnace is running all good. It's drawing fine. I'll send pop. It's like, okay. So I start checking for shorts and making sure all the terminals are tight, making sure the sequencers are good, the relays are good, and everything checks out. And I look around, go turn on the breaker again, and it pops sooner this time. And then I was like, what if it's a breaker? So I pull the panel cover off and I just put one finger on the breaker and it was just absolutely smoking hot. <laughs> and it was a 100 amp federal breaker. And so I call the shop and I'm like, hey, you know, this guy's got a shot breaker. Mm-hmm. Do we have any of these in stock? And well, those federal 100 amp breakers are becoming harder and harder to find. They're so incredibly expensive. Like it's 400 bucks for one of those breakers. And mm-hmm. yep, sure enough. So I went and went back to the shop, grabbed that breaker, popped it in and tied everything back in, fired up perfectly fine and took a temperature reading of the breaker and it was running nice and cool and but like that's crazy you know mm-hmm. these old federal breakers they're just wearing out and to think a simple service call isn't so simple because you got to pay the guy for the service call plus that expensive part mm-hmm. but i tell you that guy was really happy once his house started warming up again 
uh, speaking of houses that were down to 10 degrees, so it actually happened this year too. Um, I got an after hours call. I was on call and a guy calls me up, some furnaces and heating, okay. Uh, I ended up going to his furnace there and what happened was it all started with his um, his igniter. It, his igniter was getting like 18 volts, which is way too low for uh, for a hot surface igniter. And uh, everything else was running fine, combustion blowers coming on, limits were were all closed. Um, but I noticed on his combustion blower too, like it was running like loud. Like I'm, I'm walking down the stairs and this mechanical room is like across the basement behind the door. And I could hear this thing just screaming away. So I get in there and, uh, I diagnosed it. It was a bad board. Uh, board wasn't sent, wasn't sending, um, correct voltage to, to the hot surface igniter. And, uh, so we order parts and, he was fine with that. He was like, "Yeah, no, that's not a big deal. Uh, I've got some some uh, space heaters upstairs. Not a big deal." Um, I offered some to him. He said, "No, that's fine." And it was probably about that was on a Thursday, so I think it was probably about a week later. Uh, we get to his house, and <laughs> so I, I go up to the door and I'm the parts in hand, and uh, he comes to the door in uh, shorts, barefoot. <laughs> and I'm I walk in the door and literally it's like it's ten degrees. I took a picture of the thermostat. It's ten degrees in his house and this dude is wearing shorts and barefoot. I'm like, dude, it's it, you, your house must not be must not be cold yet. And whatever, I put the parts back. I uh, put install the parts and starts heating and everything. And I'm like thinking to myself, it's like, man, this guy's wearing like shorts and barefoot at 10 <laughs> you have to almost walk around naked once it's like 22 in the house yeah. right like but super cool dude though uh no doubt and he was very thankful that that we got the parts and and got her going but uh, that, that just reminded me of that story when yeah. i was like man it must not be cold yet at 10 degrees in the house oh that's hilarious no yeah and i mean a couple of years ago we had a furnace call that was back when i worked for the first company and this it was an older lady and she said you know my furnace just will not work so we we go there we diagnose everything and you know turn the thermostat up calls for heat everything comes on sequencers good relays all good we're drawing the right amount everything checks out on our end and i know sometimes furnaces can be that way where everything checks out but as soon as you leave it mm -hmm. seems like it caused a problem mm -hmm. and so we went back said you know to the office everything's good you know there's actually nothing wrong mm -hmm. and she calls again it's not working we're like well what in the world is going on so we go there and we spend a little bit more time there just going through the checks again and still nothing so we go back to the shop all good we're like okay this is weird and she calls again furnace isn't working so we take a thermostat along this time period well maybe it's a thermostat mm -hmm. and i think at that point then we also redid all the sequencers the relays everything so you know it should all be fine yeah we're like okay everything should for sure be good now because it was already good before when we checked it you know it should for sure be good now. Mm -hmm. Go back to the shop. She calls again. Oh, no. No. And at this point, we're like, we don't know what to do. Right. Because every time we go there, 
it works perfectly when we turn that thermostat up it calls for heat starts heating and like at the one point in time i think we spent like a couple hours there just watching that furnace yeah we would crank it up let it heat up we'd open all the doors and windows so it cool right down and then we'd we go through that cycle cool it down heat it back up cool it down heat it back up and I don't, I honestly don't know. I think I left the company before they ever got that furnace figured out. <laughs> but then when it came time to billing, she didn't want to pay her bill. She's like, mm-hmm. well. That's usually what happens, yeah. She's like, well, you guys never fixed it. Well, we worked, it worked every time we were done with it. Mm-hmm. Plus we put new parts in. So we can't just give you all this labor for free. Right. It just doesn't work that way. I wonder if it ended up being operator error. That's, you know, that could very well be, you know, just all of a sudden putting on off instead of heat Mm -hmm. and it just not coming on because of that. Mm -hmm. And it's just, there's so many variables at that point when, if we go back that many times to check and it works every time we're there and for the amount of time we were there, Mm -hmm. it has to be something other than the furnace itself. Right. Especially if it's drawing the correct amount, the elements are good, the fan sounds good. It's just there, the variable. Then there's only one common variable that <laughs> that right. can be wrong. Especially if we change the thermostat and everything too, and we're getting correct voltages there too. Mm-hmm. So that's that's one mystery call. I mean, one of my coworkers goes, "This place is haunted." <laughs> I kid you not. There's ghosts in here that are messing with us. <laughs> well, but that's how it is. Like sometimes it's it's those homes that it's like. Like, you feel like every time, like, something isn't right there, mm-hmm. you know? <clears throat> I know, <clears throat> excuse me, I've definitely been in those homes, too, where it's like, some, it's, something seems to be going on in that house. Yeah. I know, I know we've had, even this uh, this fall, too, had a customer uh, <laughs> um, call, and I'm, I mean, I don't like to, to knock customers and stuff. I mean, he's a really nice guy. He's a, he's a good customer of ours. Uh, uh, older gentleman and he calls us up and he's like oh I'm, I'm pressing like up and down on my thermostat and it's not responding it's not working the heat's not coming on it's 17 degrees that's celsius <laughs> in, in in our house and i don't know what's going on and we were just there to to service his furnace uh, a couple of weeks prior to that and i get there and uh i'm all you know going over things in my head of what it could possibly be and i get there and i say oh can i take a look at your thermostat and I get to his thermostat, and he had it set to off. So he was pressing up and down buttons, but it, like it wasn't showing a temperature change, yeah, right? Yeah, exactly. And and I mean, he he felt really bad, but I was like, oh no, don't worry about it. I mean, it, it happens to everybody, right? And but yeah, he was all so apologetic and oh sorry for wasting your time or whatever. And I'm like, oh no, don't worry about it. You know, it it, it happens, right? Yeah, exactly. And at the end of the day, you're still charging him for a service call. Exactly, right? So. Uh, yeah, I've, we, we definitely see a lot of, of, you know, just little things like that right at the beginning of the season. Yeah. That's when it always hits hard when all those furnaces kick in after Mm -hmm. that, that summer. And it's just, that's when all the tired breakers, all the bad sequencers, combustion blowers. Yeah. Yeah. Even, even this week, uh, I went to three, three calls. They are all combustion blowers. Yeah. And it's like, um, I'll definitely, I think. I think I'm scheduled to to replace a combustion blower tomorrow. Uh, I'll post a pic picture on our Instagram page of of what I did to to keep these people heating uh, with with a bad combustion blower. 
uh, had to get a little bit creative, but I figured, you know, might as well get creative rather than rather than them not having any heat. Yeah, exactly. So, uh, check our Instagram tomorrow for that picture. You bet. And yeah, go follow our Instagram at at Skilled Trades Podcast, and that's where we'll post a lot of our uh, Fail Friday stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, our tech tips, which will be tomorrow, which tech will tip be Tuesday. Tomorrow. Yeah. And just throughout the week where we post different things that we see, different projects we're working on, mm-hmm. uh, we'll un- we announce when the new podcasts are up on there and just different different things that we find, mm-hmm. we'll, we'll post on there. Right. And, and we've got a lot of feedback um, from a lot of uh, people, even like, uh, like across the country in different areas that, you know, hey, they, 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 they saw our podcast or listened to our podcast and they like what we're doing and you know they're they're kind of doing their own thing so in the future we're we're definitely we're definitely thinking about getting getting some guests on on the podcast as well yeah absolutely and i mean as i mentioned last episode you know email us or dm us on instagram our email Mm -hmm. is skilledtradespodcast at gmail.com you know send us pictures of jobs you're working on you know janky things you guys find in the field (laughs) like just stuff like that um feedback we always mm-hmm. appreciate feedback even if it's things that you would like us to change or mm-hmm. add for sure we're, we're always open to constructive criticism exactly i mean if you just hop on and say you guys absolutely suck we may say cool bud you know yep. have a good day yep yeah exactly <laughs> but for sure and, and i agree with that too i mean we're we're all we're open to constructive criticism for sure but yeah it's It'll be interesting to see, like, now we have this bit of a warm spell, but I think after this we'll be hitting a real cold spell again. Mm-hmm. And it'll be interesting to see what all pops up in that time. Mm-hmm. I mean... Because the, the first cold is always when... It, it's always when things break. The same thing with the heat, you know? Yeah. As the, the, the first spell or the first weekend that we have, you know, plus... 30 degree weather acs just drop left right and center oh i i know even our home ac this year it was beginning of hot season and we tried firing it up and mm-hmm. it would just all of a sudden it would be really loud and then it just wouldn't start mm-hmm. so i was i said to my dad i was like you know what i'll check it out and we'll see what's wrong and he goes to fire it up and i clamp clamp the line and it's like whoa this is drawing way too much so i was like i I take off the side panel and what would you know the capacitor has a big bulge in the top oh yeah it's pregnant (laughs) as i always like to say yep (laughs) yeah and so i go to work the next day get a new capacitor and my dad's like are you sure that's what it is i was like guarantee you when you have a pregnant (laughs) capacitor that's the issue and yep (laughs) put a new capacitor in and just bang that thing fired right up and Mm -hmm. Thankfully, we got it before it got too hot, but mm-hmm. still, you know, if if you don't have that skill set, mm-hmm. you're calling someone out to take a look at that, and that's not cheap. Yeah, when they when they show up there, I mean, you're probably spending at least, if if you live outside of their service radius, like, you're probably spending at least 150 plus, yeah. you know, um, plus parts on that yet, right? So, um, do you deal with a lot with heat pumps? I've worked on on some of them in the past. When I worked with the first company, we we did one uh, seniors housing complex where we installed a fair bit of them. And I know we always pushed quite hard with those um, in the area we worked because it just 
we did geothermal as well mm -hmm. and it was just kind of instead of installing acs and furnaces then we could just install heat pumps and heat exchangers yeah and it was a little bit cheaper and more efficient that'd be found. super efficient and so yeah we did one apart apartment co complex like that and they seem to work really well the ones we installed they i think they went down to minus 20. okay uh, at first we had some troubles with a couple of them where they would keep going below that so we had to figure that out but mm -hmm. um yeah we the one job we actually did it was uh at a farmhouse and he wanted a heat pump put in and just an air handler put in and what we had to rip out of that basement i told you about this last week Dave, yeah yeah <laughs> one of those big old wood burning stoves like and we didn't even chop ours up it was a incredibly steep narrow staircase and we got that thing all disconnected and what we ended up doing is we had one guy on the stairs with a strap and we dragged it over to the stairs stood it up and it was me and the homeowner pushing on the bottom and my the apprentice I was working with at the top, he was just holding it and me and the customer at the bottom just we'd push, 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 and then okay, hold. And we we dragged that thing up the stairs and we had to go through the customer's kitchen, through like a breezeway, and once we were <laughs> up top we took a bit of a breather and we were like okay, we're just going to get it out of that breezeway. And we took off the railing on his little porch. Mm -hmm. We said, we're just going to kick it off the end of that thing. Uh -huh. <laughs> and so that's what we did. Once we finally got it there, we just kicked that thing off the edge of the porch. We said to him, you know what? You can clean it up with your tractor. Mm -hmm. I, I know uh, the installers for my company, they, they changed one of those out last winter. And uh, two guys went there to install the furnace and rip the old one out. And also, they gave us a call. I was in the area. Same with another apprentice. He was in the area. They're like, "Yeah, we're gonna need. A, we're gonna need a hand with this." <laughs> um, <laughs> and it was the same thing too. Well, they what they'd actually ended up doing is is they got sawzalls out and grinders, and they actually cut it up into pieces because I don't think first off there was was no room in the hallway to yeah. maneuver this thing from up the stairs and to make a a sharp uh, corner there. So I think we took it out in two or three pieces, and you filled up a full van just of that furnace <laughs> yep. pieces. And but man, that is so satisfying. Once that old big clunker is out, and you got oh. the nice shiny new furnace set in there, that, that that's very satisfying. I like that. Yeah, and he had so much more room for activities after that. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Yeah. But no, like that air handler we put in, I carried that one in by myself. It was just so light, and it was mm -hmm. like. That was a relief after hauling that big stove out, and mm -hmm. it was like, that's just crazy. I would, I would dare to say that thing probably weighed like close to a thousand pounds. Like that oh, was yeah. just ridiculous, mm -hmm. because you got that heavy steel door on there. And yep. Yeah, and those like yeah, that that whole big piece, like the the wood burning portion of it, that's heavy metal. Yeah. I mean, it's got to withstand that heat, right? Right. So, exactly. Yeah, that was that was just crazy, and he was very happy once we had that big big piece of junk out of there and <laughs> and had it that all tidied up and i know that was actually tying in his heat pump was the last task i did when it, i worked for them okay it was five o'clock on a friday it was my last day and then they're like hey you want to go uh tie in this heat pump i was like come <laughs> on guys it's my last day like let me go home at five but uh -huh. whatever i went and hooked that up and it's not a big deal, but yeah, that was very satisfying to, to 
to do that. And he went for max efficiency. We also installed a solar energy system on his yard too. Oh, wow. So he went heat pump, solar energy. Like that guy was going all he, green. He, yeah, he, he's going to have no electricity bills. Yeah. I mean, it was an old farmhouse, but like that's, that's a big step for mm-hmm. saving hydro right there. Mm-hmm. I, know, I don't know about you guys in your area, uh, like in terms of, you know, solar energy and stuff, but out here... Would you say we have a lot? I don't. Uh, more out west, there is more. In this area, not so much. Mm-hmm. But I know, a little bit east in some of the towns there, there's a lot of roof mount units that are there. Mm-hmm. But I know for sure out west, it's really big farmyards. They have the big solar arrays, mm-hmm. and I mean, there, I would dare say majority of them we installed. Okay. Uh, we went to northern part of the province as well to install them uh that's actually where we set our our installing record for the province oh what what, what do you mean installing record uh for speed oh okay uh the other big installer in the province they they were actually bragging to the supplier they said you know we knocked this thing up and and so quick you know i think it was a 10 kilowatt system i think they did it in three days or something from start to finish and our supplier told us this, and we were like, oh, okay, those are rookie numbers. Yeah, yeah, those are rookie numbers. <laughs> like, okay, did you guys, you know, have coffee break, you know, half the day or what? Yeah, because we, we did a, I think it was a 33-kilowatt system, roof mount, from rolling up with the supplies to packing up and heading home was a day and a half. Holy. We had six guys, and I was... On the ground, mounting inverters, disconnects, doing all that stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, we got up before sunrise, ate our breakfast. We were, as the sun was coming up, we were working, and once the sun went down, that's when we packed up and called it a day. So I remember we showed up the night before, got up early in the morning, headed there, we pulled hard. And one of the guys had to go to the hardware store to get some some screws. And he ended up picking up some lunch for us at like 3 o'clock. <laughs> we had been going so hard all day. Like some of our guys were ready to collapse. Yeah. And just the most disgusting pizza ever. Like I can't, you know, it's like they took the entire brick of cheese that they had and just slapped it on the pizza. It was the greasiest, grossest thing I've ever eaten in my life. But... We were just glad it was food and it uh-huh. was warm. Yeah. And we just chowed down and we were like, okay, this isn't going to finish itself. Uh-huh. And so we we finished up the day there. And then the next day, lunchtime, we were cleaning up and we headed home. And we were home before sundown the next day. So we, we hold the provincial record here for fastest solar install. <laughs> I still pride myself for having worked on that system. Um but it's it's definitely with the solar it was very, it was very accomplishing that that feeling to see that finished project mm-hmm. and we dealt with so many different customers like we dealt with one customer super super wealthy guy like he had a float plane a cabin like his own lake and like that was sweet and a lot of time we would pull the camper to those places and we would just live there for the week mm-hmm. if it was a really big install Right. And like place like that was really, really cool. The one we did at a at a chicken barn 
And that one was not so pleasant because if the wind was going the wrong way, we always, always smelled that barn. Yep. <laughs> and it, those fans were so loud. <laughs> but no, definitely good times doing that. Um, but yeah, like it's, I enjoy being on the road, but as I, as I get older, it's nicer to be able to go home at the end of every day, mm-hmm. not live in, live out of the camper with the boys. Right. But <laughs> <laughs> it's nice to be able to lay in your own bed at night. Mm-hmm. That's for sure. I believe that. Um, anyway, back to our, our, our heating conversation. I mean, we kind of, kind of got a little off track <laughs> Yeah, I went off on a tangent there, but. <laughs> but I mean, you know, that's, that's how things go sometimes, right? It's the, it's the way she goes. Yeah. Uh. I, it, what my, one of my favorite things about the heating season is, I, I mean, I started with the, with the company, uh, last year, uh, in, in August. And so my first winter with the company, it was a lot of learning. Um, well, I'm still learning, but a lot of learning about different systems. I mean, I was just telling you like when, when I started with the company, I mean, I had heard of heat pumps and stuff before, but. I had, it took me a minute to wrap my head around how you can pull heat out of, you know, minus zero. Yeah. To, like, it, it took me a minute to wrap my head around that. I hadn't, I hadn't learned, or I, I, I did my research after that, you know, learning about thermodynamics and stuff and, and how that all works. And it made a lot more sense to me after that. I, I mean, I, I don't work on a lot of them. I see very, very few of them. Uh, in our area anyway, just because I, I think it's because it's so cold out here. Yeah, it could be like in, like in Canada. I mean, it you they're they're good for like early fall and like or like springtime. Yeah, I mean that's the thing because like our winters here in the prairies, it gets down to like minus forty five, mm-hmm. minus forty Celsius and Fahrenheit is the same for you American guys. Just a heads up. <laughs> so we're not completely backwards up here. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, that's the thing. Like their cutoff is usually at minus 10, minus 15. So mm-hmm. your operating range for a good chunk of our year is, isn't is applicable because mm-hmm. it gets so incredibly cold. Mm-hmm. But I mean, while you're able to use that heat pump in that usable range, it's so super efficient. Mm-hmm. I know. I, I was just at a customer's house this uh, fall too. I mean, we had a little stretch where... It was, you know, closer to zero and whatever, and or below ten, and a customer called and and he said he had some couple questions about his heat pump. Uh, last last winter, um, we hadn't been there, and he he had issues with it. It was it would it would run like below below its operating range, and it would go into defrost and it would be loud and stuff. And he didn't like it because right when it starts up, sometimes you know you get a little bit of cool air. And, and until the refrigerant gets warm and uh, he didn't like that and this was this was on a Goodman uh, I'd never worked on a Goodman before uh, heat pump wise before that and that was a good learning experience um, it was they had the a communicating thermostat they had the comfort net definitely good ex- learning experience with that very cool thermostat I liked it uh, I thought that was a great idea and basically yeah I mean we went there we educated the customer how the system actually works and made some adjustments on his thermostat just so it would cut out because he had an air handler mm-hmm. with three elements in there, which would easily uh, satisfy his little apartment. And we, yeah, and we just made some adjustments to that, and we haven't heard back since. And it's been into the minuses a few times already, but 
I think a lot of it comes down to just customer education. Like a, a lot of uh, you know contractors, they they throw this the, this equipment in there, throw these renters in there, but they they don't really explain stuff to to to, to the renters or homeowners. Yeah. Very often times we find that like, um, even HRVs um, went to a home this fall. Uh, did did a service on it uh, on their furnace, and I saw their HRV there, and and I asked them like, do you want me to service that as well while I'm here? Um, and they're like, well, what's that? And, oh boy! And they've been living in there for over a year, but when they what the house, this was a, a new house, and the, whoever had built the house, they had never explained this stuff to them, like what is an HRV, mm. what does it do, and and they had these uh, very bad uh, like th- it was a vanny. Okay. Yeah. And they had these very bad controls. I, I, some of their controls, I just do not like, because, um, I don't know what the part number of of the of the control was, but it's it's one of those with a, a humidistat, and it's either you have to have your fan on minimum, maximum, or off. Okay. Like you can't have it to you know like a twenty forty or or a ten fifty mm-hmm. cycle, so it'll it'll um recirculate for uh, for ten minutes and then just um, or recycle uh, for 10 minutes and then just recirculate the rest of yeah. the time, which in my opinion is far better. Yeah. Um, but yeah, they had no idea how to use any of this stuff and it just, it, it kind of boggled my mind a little bit. Yeah. And after, you know, I explained everything to them and, and how to use it, how to use it, what it does and how to get the most out of it. They're like, wow, that's actually really cool. Yeah. Like this is a really cool system. I guess the one company I used to work for, we sold Vanny, but now lately in the field, I've been encountering a lot of Life Breath. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and, we, we sell Life Breath. And I don't know, I like the Vanny. They're quite simple to mm-hmm. work on everything. We just put a new fan motor in ours. Okay. And that was fairly straightforward to do. And I mean, we clean our, our uh, oh, what is it, your coil or your mm-hmm. condenser. Mm-hmm. We And our filters, we make sure that's clean like twice a year, everything. Mm-hmm. And other than that, we haven't really had a problem with ours. Um, besides, it would be nice if there was a bit better ducting because right now it just dumps right beside the air exchanger. No. <laughs> but, I mean, farmer install, of course. <laughs> <laughs> farmer code. That's why That's why our basement gets so very cold during the night. I mean, sometimes on the coldest days of winter because we have to have our air exchanger and our furnace fan going just to keep our windows clear. Mm-hmm. Like the basement will get down to 15 degrees at night Mm -hmm. and it's pretty chilly when you wake up in the morning it sure gets you going when you step out of bed but (laughs) yeah i I believe that yeah but uh yeah i mean our our controller at home that one i think has a 30 30 split okay so that's nice you have Mm -hmm. your min max and then your intermittent yeah which is nice yeah it's far more control yeah but i i still think like i know now with new construction, we always run uh, an HRV furnace fan interconnect, mm-hmm. which is absolutely the best way to go because yep. otherwise you're just wasting that fresh air that you're bringing in. You're not circulating around that the, around the entire home. Right, you're just dumping it, uh, dumping it into your into your ducting, and it's just sitting there. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, uh, I've definitely seen that before too, where. Um, that's exactly what happens. They 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 don't have an interconnect there, and it's just it's just sitting in in your ducting, and you're just you're not getting as much out of your HRV as you can. Yeah, absolutely. And another thing, like 
you have to make sure you have a proper sealed system for an HRV to mm-hmm. actually work. Mm-hmm. That's a lot of things that I think some aftermarket installs they don't take into account is that your HRV will not properly work if you don't have a proper sealed system in your mm-hmm. home. Exactly. And properly balanced. Yeah, exactly. Uh, very often what we find, um, if we go and service them, I mean, yeah, we'll clean filters, um, clean fans, clean the core in there and balance it. And yeah, like it's a lot of people, they don't, they don't realize all of the, you know, if you over ventilate, um, as in, you know, you have a, you're ventilating all the time. Um, you don't, they don't realize what the damage it's doing to like your home. Yeah. Cause you're, you're drying out your home. And oftentimes like if I go there, I always make sure like with the customers, like, like if they understand what, you know, how to set your humidity and what, what your controls are actually, are actually doing. And, yeah. and it's just, yeah, it, 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 you have to explain it to customers sometimes, but I guess that's why we're here, right? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> and I mean, it's so simple because your HRV control literally has temperature, like according to summer or winter, mm-hmm. but some people just don't understand that. Mm-hmm. It's just another dial that... Mm-hmm. But but some some of them don't. Yeah, Cause, exactly. Because I've definitely been to homes where in the summertime that HRV is running, and but it's it's not one of those HRVs that has a temperature sensor in there. Oh, okay. So what happens is... If it doesn't have that in there, it'll just run the whole time. Mm-hmm. Usually, they cut out at uh, plus fifteen. Yeah. Then, uh, th- then they shut off. But, um, <clears throat> yeah, just things that come with the heating season. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's. I know it's been more of. A, it's not been so much electrical. It's been a little bit more HVAC and heating. But I mean, that's I've done a lot of that in my past, and could still continue to do, service calls on on furnaces and stuff and. Mm-hmm. That's just something that goes along with that. And especially like construction sites now, I know some of the the contractors, they have temporary furnaces that they bring on mm-hmm. site and they get us to tie them in. Yeah. And that's that's just another thing that we have to do. Mm-hmm. And to make sure that they're still going strong. So every time you hook them, hook them up, you're clamping, making sure they're drawing properly, the elements are coming on. And that, that's that's all part of it. Um, yeah, and one thing I started doing, like, even on my, if I go in and, and service electric furnaces, is, um, different parts of the country might have, know this as different things, but it's like, uh, it's deox, it's, um, uh, it's essentially a paste you put on your, on your, your L1, L2 wires that come into your furnace for, like, aluminum, um, conductors, conductors, yes, that's what I'm thinking <laughs> of, and I, I started using that because, what we found last winter anyways is yeah we we get called to an electric furnace and it smells hot or it smells like burning wires or something and we get there there's a bunch of burnt wires in there but your wires that that come into your furnace there are like dry and they got super hot yeah we found that very often so it's just what kind of one of those things that i started doing just to you know eliminate that in the future Cause it's kind of one of those things. It's like you don't really want that to happen in you know minus forty weather. Exactly. If it could have been prevented, I guess. And I mean, if you don't put antiox or deox on your wires, and you're using an aluminum conductor on steel, that'll corrode, mm-hmm. and that'll cause connection issues, which will cause arcing, mm-hmm. and that's a fire hazard. I mean, it's code to like, if an inspector ever shows up on a job and you're tying conductors into the CST, he'll almost always 
ask you, you can put deox on those wires? <laughs> it's like, yeah, yeah, because that ensures corrosion minimization mm-hmm. and it ensures you get good contact. And yeah. I know manufacturers always say you need to torque specs on lugs. Really? Yeah. It's, oh, that I didn't know. I take that as you tighten the living daylights out of it and it doesn't snap, but that's going to be tight till the day that thing gets torn out of there. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, like, I think I've torqued lugs on a disconnect once. Okay. I'm not sure why we did it, but usually when I'm tightening lugs, it's, you tighten it until, you're not breaking it. Right. But you're tightening it until it's tight. You give her a good wiggle and then you tighten it again. Yeah. Yeah. I did not know that you had to torque those or that it was recommended or whatever. Yeah, they often put a torque radio on there. It's like, I'm not carrying a torque wrench in my van because guaranteed that it's going to break with all that jumping and rattling around. Like, uh-huh. torque wrenches aren't exactly uh, bulletproof. They're quite delicate pieces of equipment. Mm-hmm. But huh. Good to know. I didn't even know that. <laughs> See, even learning new things uh, in the podcast. You, eh? you, even learning new things. Especially from an electrician. Who knew? I mean, uh, yeah, yeah, of course. Oh, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, I think that's been a been a good mm-hmm. episode one of the heating season. Mm-hmm. We'll probably bring this back later on once we start getting more calls. Yeah, once we're once we're in full swing. Yeah, that's for sure. It we we all know it's inevitable. It's gonna come. Yeah, yeah. Old man winter is knocking. Yeah, exactly. But go ahead, uh, follow us on our Instagram at Skilled Trades Podcast. Um, Email us at skilledtradespodcast at gmail.com. Constructive criticism, remarks, smart remarks, concerns. (laughs) Yeah, inquiries. Inquiries, yeah. Send us pictures of work you're doing. Um, Yeah, and just tune in next week for our new episodes. And I think we're just, as long as we're working, we're going to keep pumping these out. Exactly. (laughs) I mean, every day is seeing something different. Yeah, exactly. So you guys all have a good night and we'll catch you next week. Thanks for listening.